You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. I'm Rachel Nemeth. I'm Paul Mann. <laughs> and I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to 100, episode 122 of the Real Reading Podcast. You can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Only Paul was in the script at the time. Uh, I clearly written uh, the order that you were supposed to say your names in, and you have all failed <laughs> miserably. So Busted. The first test is done. Um, <laughs> However, we are taking a look this week at this week's headlines, of course, which uh, includes A Tale as Old as Time, uh, Nightclub to Become Flats, this time on Duke Street. We're talking council tax rises, so I'm glad Hugh is here for that one. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, uh, it's a chance to get on Mastermind. Uh, no prizes, of course, for guessing Paul Mann's specialist subject, but before we get into that, I should say hello, Paul. Hello there, Tom. How are you doing? And hello, everyone else as well. Hey, hello. Uh, Hey Rach. Hi, I'm back again. Uh, I've made it. I've made again. it back. Week two. Week two, and I've not written Hugh's name on here because I wasn't actually expecting him to be here, but he is. But hello, Hugh. Hello. What a lovely surprise for everyone. I'm <laughs> it here. is absolutely flipping delighted. Always a pleasure, Hugh. Um, it is. It is for for you, Paul. <laughs> Paul, you've you've had the jab. Are you are you walking around with a bit of a swagger? Are you hugging people? Are you kissing them? You know, European style, not like full on. Have you grown any extra say, limbs? Or... Do you have you, yeah. When you wake up, up in the morning, head? do you make do you make the Microsoft Windows startup noise? <laughs> <laughs> it is strange, but I do have a natural feeling now, an affinity towards Bill Gates I didn't have yesterday. I don't know why that's happened. Yeah. I'd like to say a disclaimer out there, that's not actually true, just to uh, stop any conspiracy theories. Um, no, yeah, I went yesterday to have my uh, vaccine at South Street. And uh, yeah, it's all very smooth. Everyone's heard about how well it's organised, brilliantly yeah. organised. And uh, no, I'm not really a massive huggy person, Tom. So I okay. won't be around going doing that. It's, fine. No, it's fine. No. Um, so, so it, it was good. Did you South Street? Did you take in a show while you were there? I don't. I don't know what. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I mean, it, I don't know what kind of show they would have had Opportunity on. Opportunity like Sweeney Todd or something. Maybe, <laughs> I'm not yes, quite maybe. sure. Um, yeah. So it all, all went very well, though. Um, obviously, uh, we've talked about it previously on the podcast. You you are not an old man, um, but you are an at-risk man. So that is why you've had your your first jab. Lovely stuff. My mum and dad are have had their first jab. Are you feeling invincible, Paul? Well, I mean, as invincible as one can. Yeah. I'm getting there. I've got the AstraZeneca, which slightly appalls me. I've got to be honest, having a bit of Oxford juice running through my veins. But I have to take it, don't I? So in three weeks' time, I will be feeling pretty good about it. So, yeah, no, it's a very, very positive uh, situation. I, I, I feel a little bit of Oxford going through you is a small price to pay for freedom. Well, I don't know. I'd rather have had the German one. I'll be quite frank. <laughs> <laughs> 
do you do you get a choice or is it just no. this isn't like no. okay fine no. it's just cool. whatever your the surgery that or vaccination center's got isn't it i think what yeah, it is. Yeah. A lot of people have a know have had the Pfizer one, and I look at them now jealously. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it'd be fine. Sure, it'd be fine. No, it is good to get it done because you see all the people there. The scariest thing I've done in the last year was actually going to have it because right. actually you're in an enclosed area, and I haven't been in an enclosed area with people I don't know for a year now, and actually funneling through and waiting and then sat there in the room with probably 15 other people that's the highest risk I've been at wow. COVID wow. actually since last March. And I understand that's the way they have to do it. Yeah. But hopefully you won't be hearing from me in a week's time that um, uh, I did get COVID there. <laughs> that would be the ultimate yeah. irony. That but really I don't think would... so. I think it'd be fine. When do you get the second dose? Do you know yet? I haven't had a date yet. I suppose it's when they have to tick another box, isn't it? There's a political point there, but we'll move on from that. It's, um, <laughs> it's kind of, we'll wait and see, probably in three months' time. Yeah. Excellent news. Um, I was going to do, uh, I was going to stick Jeremy's intro in here, but I feel like we're probably going to have time to do this. Um, just, just to move just on from... Um, on from sort of COVID because you can end up talking about COVID all day and we all talk about COVID all the time and I and I just don't want to but I'm glad you've had the jab now Paul. Um, I wanted to just move on to um, Hugh and the phallic statue um, which has come about. Yes, should be erected in uh, Reading Town Centre anytime oh, now. Hey. <laughs> this is a line I never thought I'd hear. Excuse me, slightly word wording of that sentence, but uh... I did it on purpose. So this. So have um, you to stand up, you for this one. Come on. <laughs> um, so this is uh, the, the news that um, excuse, it's Southampton Street. Oh, and it's the me. old it's the old antique shop is it southampton street it's not southampton street at all pell is it? Street. street pell street this is the news that the antique shop on pell street is looking at possibly being developed into something or other this, I, I didn't pay too much attention to what the what it was actually being developed in because more to the point hugh on the group chat for berkshire live highlighted the fact that in the garden or in the in the in the back of this um uh, antique shop once stood uh, what he thought or what he felt sure was a phallic statue um, and spent a little bit of time, Hugh, trying to work out what whether that was true or not. Was it true? Yes. We think. Uh, no, well, there's evidence. Um, <laughs> so the reason I thought this, I saw the, I saw the planning application. Um, and I'm, I'm off work this week. This is the exciting life I lead. I read through Reading planning application when I'm not working. Um, I saw the planning application and I saw the old shop there, which has been closed for a number of years um, and remembered me and my mate, Adam, um, formerly on Reading Evening, Reading Evening Post sub-editor. On our way back from cricket matches, we used to drive past this, um, drive past this shop and one day we noticed that there were a number of phallic stat phallic uh, well, ornaments, I guess you'd call them, in the um, in the garden, which of course we thought was hilarious. Multiple ones. Yeah, there's two or three, and they okay. were they were sort of grey, concrete coloured. How big are we talking? Waist height. 
not massive, not like <laughs> protruding in the skyline. But, I feel um, like we're on really thin ice here. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I just like the way the Rich first thing says, how big? <laughs> how much editing is Tom going to have to do here? Um, I'm sure they were there. I mentioned this to my colleagues and no one knew what I was talking about. And then I contacted Adam straight away, came back to me on WhatsApp. Yes, definitely. I remember them. And then I was like, right, how am I going to find this? How am I going to prove this to the doubters? So I went on to Google Maps. Google Maps has this wonderful facility where you can go back in time, which I've used for various stories over the years to compare how Reading and Slough look now compared to then. And if you go back to 2012, September of 2012, um, on Google Maps with the view of the shop in front of you, you can actually see these phallic statues in the uh, area to the left of it, proving not only was I right, proving most importantly that I was right um, <laughs> and that my memory is not fa failing me at my, in my old age. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know if anyone ever actually purchased any of these things. Um, they were always, they were there for many months. They were there for, a, from what I can remember, a whole cricket season. Um, coming back from there between April and September 2012-ish, I guess, possibly before. And, um, and then if you look on, if you move Google Maps forward a year or a year or two, I can't remember exactly, but they're not there. So I don't know if they were thrown out. I don't know if people have them in their houses. You are very concerned with these, uh, what's the plural, fallacies, phalli. So are you asking if anyone else remembers, please get in touch? Yeah, there will be people who, there are houses all along there. There are. Opposite. And so that presumably there will be people who lived across the road when they had these things in the garden. And that it's, it's the sort of thing you notice. Um, <laughs> and so if there is anyone out there who can, I mean, I've said there is, there is definitely photographic evidence from google maps but if anyone can shed any light if people who used to own the shop might want to come forward and explain why they had a number of statues on ebay and i couldn't find waste, any here. waist high fallacies <laughs> um we'd love to know we'd love to know more okay how much so, are you prepared uh, to bid for them uh you for your back garden you know would you be interested in actually purchasing well, i've already got three so <laughs> You do uh, stock I, garden stuff in your shop, so could this be we, a new line do, yeah. of uh, ornaments but, of things uh, that you could could sell? Perhaps, yeah, we, yeah, we could. Um... Anyway, I think that we <laughs> Tom has had to dash off to uh, take receipt of deliveries, so I'm going to step into the into his shoes. And I think Rachel game take the chip on before Hugh gets. Are you Jackie Weaver? In trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to boot you right out of this call. You have no authority, Rachel. No authority. <laughs> Great, in fact, orders. I do. I've got the authority now. My so dad's, my dad's on the parish council in in Son and Common, and I I now just every time I see him, I I say, "Have you read the standing orders?" <laughs> Right, let's move on. So here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk 
find us on Twitter and Instagram at Real Reading Pod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy, as always. Um, right, let's move on to our headlines of the week then. Um, Hugh, I am glad that you are back for this one because when I read the article earlier, I thought I've got nothing beyond this is outrageous to say about this. So uh, the first story is about uh, Reading Council tax going up by, I think it said 5% in the article. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so do you want to give us a bit more information around that? Yeah, essentially, from what I remember, and I couldn't, don't quote me on this entirely, certainly in Reading, council tax has gone up by 5%. For, <laughs> I thought know, that was it. I thought, oh, you've got no, no more than me to say about it. Right? It's been a five percent. <laughs> it's been a five percent increase in council tax in Reading and various other parts of Berkshire for the last at least the last five years. I'd say it goes up by the maximum amount every year. Um, this is because councils no longer get money from the government in the way that they used to and haven't since twenty ten, um, and therefore the things that councils have to do hasn't gone away and in fact with things like pandemics and various other things that we have to deal with nowadays the things that councils have to do like looking after children and looking like after adults and providing various services like having your bins collected and stuff like that are are still in place um so the councils really have no choice but to put up council tax every year and people complain about it um but the count the, the council doesn't get any help essentially it doesn't get money which would cover adult social care or ch- children's services from the government which would then mean your council tax would would i mean it's not, not going to go down and but it might not go up by the maximum amount you're allowed every year but this is how councils have to pay for things now by and it it, it goes back to the uh to the rate payer um you know th- there are some criticisms of uh people saying why is it we have to then subsequently fund a council who can't manage its own accounts going back to this ongoing issue reading have had with accounting going back three or four three or four years now um at, at considerable cost um we've talked about it before it's quite a dry subject um basically uh the council wasn't able to file its accounts because they weren't accurate for um i can't remember which year it is off the top of my head but it's quite a while ago but it had a knock-on effect on the accounts of the following year and i think the year after that as well um and a lot of people are saying you know it's the, the cost of sorting it out has been has been substantial and it's definitely not a great look for the council not to file it's not to to come across like it can't manage its money um but yeah you know the 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 council the tax goes up and it gets re you know a lot of it a lot of it gets reinvested in things it doesn't you know it doesn't just sit in a pot so you've got road 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 resurfacing everyone's favorite subject potholes everyone everyone's road is the worst pothole road in reading um and so everyone wants their road to be repaired so that's what's going to happen you, you know two new two new swimming pools are being planned and hopefully um 
will get built at some point in the next couple of years. That costs money. There's new food waste collection, which we've talked about before, um, which needs funding. Um, various other projects. Um, new council houses, which Reading's been, Reading, I, I think, has been particularly good at providing ex extra council homes lots of plans in place lots of homes being built lots more on the way um and all this you know money comes from government for particular projects like building building houses but the um you know the council has to get money from council tax and all that sort of stuff um and so i'm afraid this is the way it is when it comes to council tax and you'll find um my council tax in, in uh, south Oxfordshire is bound to go up exponentially as well but probably by the full amount um tom when you move to west berkshire you'll you'll find the same thing again um all councils will be putting up their, their council tax um conservative labor whatever it's just the way things are for since the government got elected in 2010 and they changed the way that councils were funded and they they removed a lot of funding from councils like Reading, um, which has to be, but it's still expected councils to do as much as they possibly can um, with different funding streams. And so that's just the way the way it is now. And I'd be very surprised if you didn't have a 5% increase in council tax every year from now on until things change. Oh. Thanks, you. <laughs> yeah, that's not... <laughs> oh, it's just more money every year. I, I only caught part of that because my new mattress arrived at a really inconvenient moment. But thanks, Rach, for taking over. Um, yeah, it's. I was going to have some opinions on this, but then I realised I'm not going to be paying Reading Borough Council for much longer. So I thought maybe not. Um, my that's opinion just just to add that that's not to say if the government if there was an the next election is not for ages, and if the government yeah. was was to change, it's not to say that all of a sudden no one would have to pay any council tax ever again. Um, it would probably still go up most years anyway. It's just the way the way things are. Um, so yeah, so I'm afraid that's it's not a, it's not a political thing. I think it's just how things have changed, and I don't think a change of government would necessarily mean everyone thinking their council tax wouldn't go up by as much. But who who knows? But shall we talk about nightclubs turning into flats? Unless anybody has anything pressing to say about council tax rises? No, Paul. Good, good, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, so yes, uh, this is the news that the building that was called the Po is it Ponana? I think that's how. Ponana, yeah. Yeah, my brother used to be a bouncer there. Oh, did he really? Really? I was hoping, yeah, oh, many years ago. I was really yeah. hoping there would be some some memories of this nightclub. I seem to recall it's basically on Duke Street, just by the bridge, where the subway is, and you used to go down the stairs. If I, I think I'm sure I went there once. Um, I did put this out on our social media just to see if anybody came back with any memories of it, and they did. Um, I 
we'll just read out a couple of those. Um, we had one from Rich Jay. Rich had a good one, didn't he? Oh, yes. Your husband has been on. Uh, well, I was saving that one till, till last. That, that, that oh, is okay. Brief. Yeah, give him his moment. Um, yep. So we've got at JM1874B6, snazzy. Um, but he said, uh, so many, it was brilliant. I can't believe it was 10 plus years ago. Uh, but there's something really sad about both Ponanar and the AD being gone forever. They represented something different away from identikit spaces on Friar Street. Um, that's just on our Twitter page at Real Reading Pod. Um, I will come back to your husband in just a moment, Rach, but there was a couple of posts on Facebook as well, which we had. Um, Dave Moore, a uh, friend of the pod, said, I remember when I first went there, I thought it was it was big, and then I realised it had all those mirrors on the wall, and it was quite small, which is something I, I vaguely <laughs> remember. And then uh, another friend of the pod, Steve Lutwich, said um, it was the legendary Hawaiian bar before it was Ponana, back when it was all fields around here. And he's just asterisk that with uh, actually a bus depot, um, which uh, I, now I, I do not remember it when it was a bus depot. Uh, I'm, I'm that young. The Oracle, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh, I remember that. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're you're either two th- you're, you're one of two people in Reading. You remember when it was a bus depot, and you remember you don't remember when it was a bus depot. Those are the only two two situations, aren't they? I think the two categories of people. Yes. <laughs> um, and Rach, your husband Richard at Richard K Nemeth said, um, meeting Sean Ryder in there when he was DJing. So off his trolley, all he could mutter was, "I've got some remixes for you." Which was because uh, I think it looked like it had its fair share of of, of well known people. Um, I did dig out um, an article from when we were get reading about when it closed, which was ninth. I think it looks like it was ninth um, of May two thousand and eight. So it's been over. Uh, it's been over ten years. But um, just there were some interviews there with with people who were very sad it was closing. Claire Smith, the general manager, um, said the venue was closing due to a lease renewal and rent rent increase at the site. Um, you know, as I say, tale as old as time. Um, but she, apparently, she'd worked there for a decade. Um, loads of highlights with lots of DJs, DJ Yoda, Freak Nasty, and the Stanton Warriors. These are all names that are not even slightly <laughs> written about. Uh, I was going to say, you've got all those albums, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. oh, yes. They are going to be an absolute pain to pack up when I does come to mind. Um, and just what was also interesting in this old article was um, when it closed, they uh, opened Sakura Club in Gun Street. Um, to sort of replace it as a as a move, which I believe is now also closed. So it's kind of been through several um, several different bits and pieces. So, so Paul, you you say your your brother was a bouncer. Yeah, but I never went there, so that's really killed that, hasn't it? Yeah. But I do love the story about um, Sean Ryder in there. He yeah. was a, an interesting individual. Well, he still is alive. He's not dead. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to confirm that. And uh, he's um, he enjoyed the nightlife. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did speak to Rich about that before we came on, and I think it was at a point where he, w- uh, Sean Ryder, was a bit perhaps down on his luck, shall right. we say. So he was just like trying to earn, earn some cash where he could. Um, so he was doing his rounds of the, the club. But he seems he's bounced back. He's on Gogglebox now, isn't he? So he's earning a bit of cash from there. <laughs> But I can't yeah, know, from I'm playing kind of, headlining at the Redden Festival. He's now on Gogglebox. Oh, I, mean, I know. Like... <laughs> I was gonna. Is any so Tom? You've been there once. I think Paul, so. You've yeah. never been, and Hugh, I can't. I've imagine. been there. I can vague. I have you been. Have. There. I, can, I can vaguely remember. Va- vaguely remember it. 
been not really my not really my type of place in that, that surprises it, me. it was <laughs> it, it was very kind of genre specific sort of music you go in there and you you the music you wouldn't you wouldn't know it a lot of the time and it was you know it was okay it was quite quite a relaxed sort of place i seem to remember it was it was it was underground wasn't it it was um yeah um it was underneath the uh where that office or wherever it is um mm. but yeah it wasn't a, a place i frequented regularly but it was it was it was okay um sakura that's uh three zero degrees isn't it now no sakura no? is the table tennis one oh smash is that what it's called? Smash, that was it yes which sadly didn't do mash which was <laughs> well there, there's one for the kids isn't there yeah. <laughs> um is there I any pictures know... tom in the in that article you referenced um about from Isn't... when it closed because in my head i i need to know if i've kind of i only went there a handful of times i think but i've built this image up in in my head of what it looked like and there's that image is that it was like being in a bar in morocco yeah, yeah that, a bit uh, rockin'-y. Yeah. Yeah. I am sure um uh, some of our Facebook commentators will uh, remind us, uh, maybe even have some pictures that would be nice as well. Mm. Uh, come back to us with some of those. So I'll I'll put a little shout out for some of those. But yeah, there's only there's only a picture I can see of the front. Okay. Um I think one of the overriding feelings that one of the overriding points that people put brought up was that they were very surprised it was a chain because they they were ponanars all over that i do i definitely have oh, I didn't know that. one in london there was one in london um apparently there's one in bath uh, and there's there have been ones in newcastle and norwich and various other places so yeah um, i yeah. like yeah. um, the oakford's got another one hasn't it it's got one in shepherd's really? bush oh yeah oh, oh dear well so, um, just on the um there's gonna be if this gets permission there's gonna be a lot of houses there um there's already permission for 77 the office to be converted into 77 flats and then this application pro proposes another 36 so that's 113 is that right maths oh, good gosh. is that right wow. so it's quite a lot it's quite a large housing i mean it's an yeah. existing office so it'll be converted converted in um rather than rebuilt that's that's fairly substantial housing area right in the middle of town yeah um again i can't imagine there'll be any many cars but um <laughs> it's an interesting an interesting plan um and i wonder how much more of this we'll see with these these off with the the office, the, the future of offices and the future of shops, high street shops and stuff like that, yeah. um, changing. Whether we'll see more offices and retail units converted into housing, and people will start living in town centres, and there'll be more restaurants and nightlife and stuff like that, and fewer fewer shops, as it, as it were, and offices. But we'll have to see. It's uh, it's an yes. I suppose we probably should talk about the actual development as well, shouldn't we? Rather than just reminiscing, <laughs> being <about>. nostalgic. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's I, I don't know. I mean, better they turn old offices into places to live rather than build it on green fields. I suppose. 
I think the inherent my my view on this is always that it's it's better to use buildings for something than have them standing empty. Um, and if it means turning them into housing, if there's a demand for housing to turn an existing building into a block of flats, then then you should do that rather than just it. You know that nightclub's been closed since twenty two thousand and eight, <laughs> and you know that's what thirteen years. So yeah. do something with it. It's, it's yeah. there. Um, and was it potentially um, good for the town centre anyway? If you've got what, however many hundred and thirty odd new houses there with multiple people living in them, if they're all occupied. That's a minimum of one hundred and thirty-three people in the town centre. Well, thank you for the maths, but I'm just thinking that people who are like right in, <laughs> right in the town centre that would be perhaps more inclined to pop out for a drink at the local bar or pub, or you know, pop into town to do a bit of shopping. Just driving traffic into the town centre, not cars, obviously. Yeah driving footfall into the town centre which can only be a positive can't it yeah, and especially retail, after the past year the economy will adapt won't they if they if the, they all these people are living in the town so you've got there you've got there and places like station hill and all these other developments then um businesses will come to them whether it's a restaurant or a gym or a cinema or or whatever mm. or, or, or or shops you know people going to go to the supermarket aren't they if they live in town or go to buy clothes and stuff like that then the economy should should theoretically thrive if you've got a doorstep market 10 years down the line you should see lots of interesting businesses um around the area what what they'll be i don't know but um it's it's a change isn't it yeah. um well i was going to make another point then i can't remember for the life of me what it was so edit, edit that out. <laughs> okay. All right. Should we talk about uh, the slightly fluffier uh, idea of um, how people from Berkshire can become a contestant on BBC Two quiz show Mastermind? I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, this is news that uh, people at the BBC are asking people to apply to go on Mastermind because apparently they are draining running out of people to go on. So they want more people. And you can apply by emailing mastermind.hth at hattrick.com. And there's an application form. This is absolutely not one for me. Is it not? No. no. I am a typical, like, what is it, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> Would you not have a specialist subject? No. And I think I did kind of learn something about Mastermind fairly recently that I just mm. assumed that the people that went on there had a, a very specialist interest in mm. Reading Football Club or Faulty Towers I've got on the page in front of me. Oh, that's one of the... That's, yes. Not allowed. <laughs> anyway, come back come to that. To that. <laughs> but it seems like they it's not necessarily something they are hugely interested in to start with. They pick a subject and then go and research it to go on the programme. Oh, well, that's very... That's very calculated and cold. It is, isn't, isn't it? it? I just thought it. I thought it was all a bit sort of more. Um, what's what? What's the what's the word they used to use for football clubs that were going through a process? It was holistic, or something like that, where it was like, oh well, I I know loads about um, tra train branding between the mid nineteen ninety. So I'm going to ask. <laughs> 
reaction. <laughs> wow, that was niche there, Tom, wasn't it? <laughs> that is Tom's subject right there. Insight there for the listeners into the canning brain now, wasn't it? Or um, yeah, or 1990s Sabutio teams or something like that. You know? <laughs> but no, so good. it's not. What would your subject be, Tom? I think non-league football. Oh, non-league football. Berkshire non-league football. Berkshire non-league football, probably. Although, uh, uh, I'm, not particularly, I'm not particularly <laughs> non-league. The thing is, I don't retain, I, I retain useless things, but I don't really retain anything useful. Like, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I don't retain things very well. Um, no, me neither. If I sat down and really thought about it, yeah, probably, probably could, but I, I can't remember really, things in any specific order um paul what about you what would yours be yeah everyone would be thinking oh here do you read an fc yeah. but honestly i'd want to avoid that that's the obvious one if i was going to pick one just off the top of my head i would probably say suede the band okay i really Ooh. love them oh no, suede. Love i thought you no. said slade there for a second <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> So I might I, just do that to be obtuse. <laughs> my my favourite fact about uh, Suede the band was that they 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 had a guitarist who left, and then they the new guitarist replaced them was a bloke who used to play along to their songs in his bedroom. Yeah, I thought that's. And he, I think he, he he. I don't know if they're still around or they're reforming. Oh no, he, they're still the around. They're still releasing stuff. You, that's Richard Oaks. You're talking about that. Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, no, they're they're quality. I've read both the Branson's books and uh, kind of he doesn't call them autobiographies because he's um, he's pretentious. And um, <laughs> but um, it is an interesting. Yeah, I love them. And both me and my girlfriend love them. So Fantastic. I'd be rubbish on Mastermind though with it because they pick out really specific things. You know, like which album did they release and have a really rare B side on it? Be no use of that at all. I. Um, I'd have three. Thanks for asking, Tom. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> I got three. Uh, music of Iron Maiden um, <laughs> would be definitely one of mine. In fact, I actually watched an. Ep- I got a tip off from someone a few years ago saying there's a bloke on on Mastermind who's specially subject to some music of Iron Maiden. So I was like, <laughs> right. So I had a little Maiden off with him in the um, in my living room on my own, and uh, <laughs> he did beat me, but I. I got one of the questions right that he got wrong and then he got a couple that I didn't know. But also I think I'd be pretty good on 80s stroke 90s cartoons and uh, 1990, late 1990s, early 2000s WWE stroke WWF wrestling. I think I'd be, I'm really yeah. hoping wrestling would be in there. I think I'd be pretty good on yeah the, that, that era of wrestling. I've, uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at. I'm pretty good at. I think this is what should happen. There should be a special spin-off episode of this podcast of just uh, in-house mastermind. We have to pick a topic. Yeah. And there are five or six questions. This is a great Would you like to know the interesting fact about Iron Maiden that links them to the town of Reading? Yes. Vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> the lead singer of Iron Maiden is a man called Bruce Dickinson, who is an exceptional individual who is extremely talented, as well as being a, uh, a singer of... Um, an excellent singer in terms of uh, his range and his um, ability. He also flies their tour plane and was an almost Olympic level fencer in his youth as well. Um, In the 1980s, he was in a band called uh, Samson, I believe, who were playing at Reading Festival at the same time as Iron Maiden, who had another singer at the time. 
who was uh, a guy called Paul Diano, who was who was going down the route of drugs and alcohol on a, on a uh, on a fast scale, and the manager of Iron Maiden got hold of this Bruce Dickinson guy, and in the Holiday Inn in Reading, he said, "Do you want to join Iron Maiden?" And Bruce said, "Yes, I do." And so the uh, the the incarnation of Iron Maiden, which stood for many many years and is still going to this day long hair long long gray haired men running around the stage like like lunatics um in times where we're allowed to go to concerts and things like that was born in the holiday inn in reading in the 1980s and that is what i links i made in to reading i read that in bruce dickinson's very disappointing autobiography <laughs> I presume you'll be writing that up for Berkshire live this weekend uh, I have mentioned I have mentioned it in the past in stories. Yes, um, linking Iron, Iron Maiden to to Fair Reading. Right. I cannot wait to see an Iron Maiden uh, Berkshire Live story on the Facebook page. That would be absolutely fantastic. That will get shared. They also played a Bretton Leisure Centre in their early days. They as did. Well. This is a story I'm working on. I'm working on something on that. They played three times at least at Bracknell Leisure Centre, which is fantastic. Um, okay, shall we move on? I, we need to just move on because time is a ticking. Um, but in the meantime, that is the end of part one. In part two, we'll go straight to the random question. The random question. Hey, guys, we're back after a short break, um, barely even 30 seconds. It is random question time. Um, Paul, I can see you limbering up for this one. Um, the random question today, who is your hero? Oh, God, oh, that's a really tough question, isn't it? I mean, a really, really tough question. A hero. This is when you wish you'd read the script ahead of time. Yeah, I have read it. I have read it, and I was thinking at the time when I read it, I thought I don't really have one. I guess when I was a young kid, I would have had someone at Reading. It would have been a player, probably someone like Trevor Senior. But now, when I'm a 45 year old man, I'm not sure I really have a hero. That's okay. It's okay. I just, I don't know. I. Have you got someone in your mind then, Tom? This question's obviously come from somewhere. John Bon Jovi. No, this this <laughs> this question has come from the list of random question sheet that I Google every Thursday morning when I'm flapping around for a random question. And it was the first one I saw that I thought might make a good question. Turns out I was wrong. Um, so uh, here, yeah, no, I, I don't have anyone off the top of my head although i'm sure as soon as we stop recording three will come to me i guess if i did have to have one it would be the person who performed my um heart and lung transplant over 20 years ago oh, so magdi yakub that is a good one i guess he would be not because of what he did for me but for what he has done for thousands and probably hundreds of thousands of people around the world and also when you meet him he is the humblest person you'll ever meet he he performs miracles on a daily basis when he was working he's retired now still in research but he's just performed miracles and changed my life and thousands of other people and to have that power and to still be a really humble person that is a special individual isn't it yeah it is indeed if if we're going if we're going down if we're going down that sort of route um i think if I if I had a hero, so Hugh, you met my old friend Daryl. Yeah. 
Um, and I think Rachel you oh, met him. Yeah, well. I met him quite a few times. Um, yeah. And he he passed away. Now I it would have been two years ago now, um, two years ago in April. And the more that I kind of look back at his life and his upbringing and what he had to deal with, you know, his mum died when he was young. His dad wasn't around. He brought up his younger brother. Uh, he missed out on, you know, almost an entire teenage year, his entire teenage years. And, you know, 20s when all of us are going out and getting absolutely leathered at Ponarnars um, to just link it back to an earlier point. You know, he was he was looking after his brother and. Um, everything he went through, he had, he he had a heart defect. Like uh, I don't know if it was like yours, Paul. I'm not I'm not sure, but he had a a pig's bladder, and then he had uh, a, um, uh, a mechanical valve added to his heart, both of which didn't end up saving him, unfortunately. And uh, he passed. So so I think just just looking back at everything, and, and I guess when I say he would be a hero of mine, just purely he was just a really nice bloke who had time for absolutely everyone, to the, often to the detriment of himself. And so, yeah, I I, I think I'll, I'll – I didn't really think about that. I wasn't going to go down this route. I was just thinking, yeah, John Bon Jovi, yeah. But actually, when, when, you, when you really get into it, maybe that's what it's more about than, than some celebrity who I've never met and I'm never going to meet because – John Bon Jovi mm. to Reading or Bracknell for that matter. Anyone else? Um, if we're allowed to go for real life people, then not just I was thinking celebrity, but you guys have perhaps made it more tangible. So a bit <laughs> cheesy, but I've I've got two. Then one is my dad, uh, just because he always there help me out with anything um probably the most significant thing is when i bought the house that i'm sat in now that was a bit of a relic to be honest and then we spent the best part of the year every waking hour that we weren't at work he was here with me renovating it and to be honest it nearly broke both of us um we were exhausted but um I have a nice home, thanks to him. Um, that was the biggest thing, but there's just constant like little things that he helps with along the way. And then, like, recent, <laughs> recent weeks, in fact, uh, I'm going to pop my, my midwife, Rosemary, <laughs> on there, who uh, saw me through giving birth three weeks ago. And uh, she, she was amazing. A, man, a woman of very few words, but she was uh, exactly what I needed. Uh, very straight talking, direct, guided me through it, and it, it went as well as giving birth can, thanks to her, I think. So those are my my two. Lovely. Hugh. Well, there's, there's people you admire, isn't there? There's people in in life um, that you, you think you admire, like just recently the England been playing cricket in India and the, uh, the bowler, Jimmy Anderson, who's produced an outstanding performance with basically one England in the game in India. He's, he's 38. He's got all sorts of records. He's, and he's sort of, he still looks like he's in his twenties. He's sort of stick thin, highly athletic. And he's just clearly dedicated it from, from, 
again going back to the sort of teenage teenage years thing he dedicated his whole life to, to excelling in one one thing and you just think that that's pretty impressive and um i'm not saying he's necessarily my hero um but then the sort of dedication that, that these sort of these people have to just being as good as you can possibly be is 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 admirable what is also it constantly blows me away in in my job and i speak to, i speak to people i've spoken to many people like this over over the years it's the parents who have children who have very rare very very rare conditions which make their lives incredibly difficult i spoke to a lady she's not from Reading, she's from Bracknell actually her her little boy's got a condition where it's quite a complicated condition but basically it means they have to be incredibly careful otherwise he ends up in hospital with his, with in problems with his lungs so for example he can't go near anywhere where there's wood chips um so he can't essentially go to most he's three and he can't go to most playgrounds so every time you know covid has been an absolute nightmare for them um and every time they want to do anything with him if they need to take go for a walk with him they have to work out they have to basically go and do the walk themselves and then work out what's there what they might encounter you know you can't go in long grass and stuff like that for example because he'll get some he'll, his immune system doesn't work essentially so he ends up with these infections which leave him in hospital for sort of four five six weeks at a time um he's about to start school the story i did was um was that they're looking for a, a bone marrow donor for him because it is it is a curable condition but he it is complicated for him because he's he's got various very complex ethnic makeup um i forget i forget which but the people who actually can register as donors for him is a very limited pool of people so they're putting they want to put this information out as far as they can and you just think like every day must be you've got to be so careful and there's there's, there's various other people with these children who have these conditions um living every single day where they know if they don't meticulously plan what's going to happen that, that it could lead to, to disaster and you've just got to admire the kind of resolve and resolution of these people to one to try to help their kids get better but two just to to keep going when they're in this in this situation um they find themselves in they don't ever complain about it you know then they, they just get on with it and they, they they work with charities and stuff like that who give them a little bit of help and you just think you just admire the resolve of the human race when they fight faced with these predicaments that they just but they just adapt um to to life as it is to to make sure that their their child and their um is is safe and is as happy as can be um and then if if it turns out they need need operations or donors or or to go go abroad to get specialist treatment they they then set about doing that and you kind of think you just admire them for doing whatever it takes to make sure that their child is safe and and happy and i think that's um it always i mean i've been doing this job for 15 15 16 years and it always Sort of blows me away the the um like i say the resolve and the um the determination these people have in what is from the outside you think that is a really 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 difficult difficult thing to do so that's what that's what that's what um 
you know, inspires me, I guess. Um, and, you know, I always think that people should, if you're in a position to help people in these really unfortunate situations, you, you should you should do, really. I just presumed after last week you'd say He-Man, but there we go. <laughs> oh, and, and The Rock. <laughs> and The Rock. <laughs> I've just thought of another. Can I throw one more in before cool. we move on? Um, I'm not. I'm not opening myself up for more abuse, but I'm going to throw my son's teachers in the mix. <laughs> given the past couple of months, Fair they enough. are true heroes to uh, to school our children day in day out. And anyone Hats who works the, anyone you. who works for the NHS as well, we should probably get a uh, oh, get a God. mention as well. Isn't yeah, it? it's not been easy for them. No. <laughs> For a question where we all sort of scratched our heads a bit and went, oh, I don't really, I don't know, heroes. Now we're thinking of loads. Local news journalists? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, if you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that the, they can go the bottom, but yeah. What about that guy that sold Rach down the river the other week, wrote that story? Oh, no, not him. No, 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 no. no. Stitched her right up. Well, yeah. He did. He threw me right under the bus. And uh, no, he is not my hero right now. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, guys. We need to uh, just wrap things up here. Um, if you would like to contribute, though, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreddingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreddingpod. And join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. That is quite enough for this week. We'll be back again next week with uh, probably, you know, similar amounts. Um, Paul, will we see you next week? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Well, if I'm like invited. Yeah, yeah I, think I, like, I like it. Always. Um, if you feel free to get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, and if you have a moment, please give us a rating and a review on your podcast app. We'll be back next week for more Reading Podcast goodness. Bye. 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 You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.